soon to be afternoon. Uh, welcome to this uh, special session of the Council of Public Affairs. Uh, my name is Terry Shillington and I'm honored to be the moderator today. And um, so I have a few short things to say before we get to our presentation uh, uh, beyond welcome. Uh, we're going back to our traditional SACPA format today in which we, we hear a half hour presentation and then uh, we'll, you'll be invited to the buffet and then uh, question and response time from 1 o'clock to 1.30. And uh, if you're wondering why the confusion is because we're experimenting with this as a venue and we were astonished the last week at how quickly people got through the buffet. So, so that allows us to uh, do, the, um, do the traditional format which nourishes you mentally first and then um, uh, eating. So uh, please shut off your cell phones and, and um, put $14 on the table unless you're here just here for coffee, in which case I think it's $2. And uh, uh, let me say a, a word about about Mac Andrews. We're, we're very pleased to have Mac here. We've been trying for some time to deal with the cannabis issue. Mac uh, co-founded the Alberta uh, Cannabis Coalition Collective. And uh, he has, he's beginning his own cannabis business in Calgary and uh, is a graduate of Queen's, is, is a, grew up in Calgary, but is a graduate of Queen's University. And uh, so uh, I'll say no more. Uh, he'll introduce himself, I'm sure, in his subject. But we really welcome him opening up the whole cannabis question and, uh, and how it might be rolled out in Alberta. So Mac Andrews. Oh. Off to a great start here. Yep. All right. Thank you very much, Terry. I uh, really appreciate the warm welcome. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say thank you to SACPA for, for having me here today. Um, it's my first time down in Lethbridge in quite some time. As Terry mentioned, I grew up in Calgary. Um, I do have some family in Lethbridge. Uh, they may be in the audience today. I won't point them out. But I, I spent a lot of my childhood coming down here to visit them, so I'm no stranger to Lethbridge. Um, from there, I mean, I really got started in my professional career after coming back from university in Ontario. I uh, graduated as a chemical engineer, and being from Calgary, I immediately got into the oil and gas industry. So that was sort of what I thought I would always be doing uh, from, from when I was a teenager on. I thought oil and gas was the way to go. That's sort of pretty typical for a Calgary-born um, person, but uh, getting into oil and gas, I started in 2013 when essentially oil and gas industry was going very well. Oil was at over $100 a barrel, and uh, life was really easy for me as a 22-year-old. I was making a good amount of money. I uh, started my professional career. Things were going really well, and then in 2014, there was the oil crash. So that is one of the longest downturns that I'm sure uh, many people in this, this room felt the effects of, I personally did, um, was, was able to stay employed throughout the entire time, but it still made me think that maybe, maybe I wanted to look at a different industry that uh, was not so well developed and maybe on the emerging side and had a good opportunity for growth. So I was really looking into the, the potentials there and started, started looking at cannabis. 
when, I, when I had my aha moment was actually in 2016 when I was visiting some friends in Ontario and they took me to one of the illegal dispensaries that had popped up. This is the first time I'd seen anything like it and it was absolutely mind-blowing to me uh, that there were stores in downtown Toronto that were just selling this product like it was completely legal. Um, after I saw that, I immediately said, okay, this is something that's going on in Canada and I really want to be a part of it and sort of started turning the wheels from there. Uh, so before I get into uh, my presentation, I wanted to ask uh, how many people in the room have any interest in getting into the, the cannabis industry? Okay, there's a couple hands. Are, are you guys thinking you want to be on the retail side? Retail? Yeah, so you and I have that in common. Um, how I got into this, I essentially wanted to open up a store. Um, I co-founded the Alberta Cannabis Collective. I'll, I'll say a little bit more about that later. Um, but I'll also be opening up a retail location in Calgary this summer. Um, so I'll try to keep this as brief as possible. Um, there are generally a lot of questions that come up at these events, and I'm always sort of surprised at the different perspectives I see. So. There could be a couple questions that I may not have the perfect answer to because I haven't thought about it before, but uh, I'm happy to do my best to answer those. A little disclaimer is that not everything is fully baked yet. So we're still waiting on a couple different things from the federal government, from the provincial government, and from municipal government. So there are some things that we don't have answers to yet. Uh, we're getting closer though. In the last six months, we've got a ton of information from both the provincial governments and from municipalities like Edmonton and Calgary. So we are really moving ahead. So the agenda today, uh, first of all, I'm gonna, gonna talk a little bit about the Alberta Cannabis Collective, or as I'll call it, the ABCC. Um, then I'm gonna get into where we are federally. So what's going on uh, with legalization across the country. We'll talk about the Alberta framework that was released back in the fall and uh, some more rules that have been um, released earlier this year. Um, get into the Alberta Gaming and Liquor Commission and the role they'll play. So they will be the wholesale distributor and regulator across Alberta, so much like our liquor system is right now. And as I said, some things are still up in the air. So. Uh, Lethbridge, to my knowledge, has not released any proposed amendments to their bylaw, um, but Calgary and Edmonton have proposed these, these amendments, so I'll talk a little bit about those, and that should give you an idea of what um, you may be able to expect from, from other municipalities. So starting off, uh, what is the ABCC? We are Alberta's leading retail association for cannabis retailers. Um, founded last year, I think we had our first board meeting in September, um, basically a group of some of the top retailers in the industry saw exactly what Alberta can be and wanted to get together and, and help that happen. We've taken a very hard stance on the black market, so I'll talk a little bit about that more, but there are obviously a lot of illegal operations associated with cannabis, and we want to um, make sure that that doesn't cross over into the legal market. So this is something that doesn't always make us the most popular in certain groups, but it's something that we're, we're not willing to be flexible on. Um, we hold our members to a higher standard. So 
we're looking to represent the, the top retailers in the province. So uh, we sort of see the AGLC regulations as a baseline, base requirements of what's required of you. And then we would ask that our retailers go above and beyond that. So that uh, comes down to educating staff, security in your store, safety for the public, things like that. And really what we can offer the consumer is um, for the past couple of years, the black market has become very almost uh, socially accepted under something called the gray market. So you see a lot of these dispensaries popping up. Um, it hasn't been as huge of a problem in Alberta, but in provinces like BC and um, Ontario, this has been huge. So what we can offer consumers is, is really bringing back that level of trust. Anytime a consumer walks into an ABCC um, retail store, a member that's also a member of the, the ABCC, that consumer knows that they're going to be getting safe product and that it was obtained legally. Not only that, but they can expect that the, the staff in this establishment is going to have a really high level of knowledge and be able to guide them on their journey with cannabis, whether they're a new user or if they're a more seasoned user. So the black market has been misleading uh, the general population for quite some time about the, the sort of product they're getting, leading consumers to believe they're getting medical grade product when in fact it is illicitly obtained. So what the ABCC can do is help build that trust back with the consumer. So as I said, I was a founder of the ABCC, basically uh, a good friend of mine, someone I've known since I was in grade six. Um, he's also my business partner now, but we had a vision of what the Alberta retail market could be. So essentially we started the ABCC with the mission to foster a flourishing cannabis industry in Alberta that's characterized by integrity, respect, and prosperity. Uh, really we thought that we would be able to help establish Alberta as a world-recognized cannabis retail environment um, by working with the province to develop a framework that is continuously setting the standard of excellence in cannabis retail. So why do I think the ABCC is an important entity? Basically, the whole world is watching Canada right now. We are the first G7 country in the world to legalize cannabis, and right now we are poised to be market leaders in this industry. Um, out of all the, the provincial frameworks that have been laid out, I think Alberta's is among the best, if not the best, and we have the opportunity to lead Canada as a, as a retail market. Um, why I think the ABCC is important is we're going to play a pivotal role in helping establish Alberta's retail environment as that, and as a, a world-recognized um, standard that, that other jurisdictions can look up to. Uh, if anyone is looking to get involved with the ABCC, the easiest way to do that is either to speak with me after this presentation, or you can visit us online at albertacannabiscollective.ca. So now actually getting into the meat of my presentation, uh, I did want to talk on federal legalization first thing. So there's a lot of misinformation going around, but as I said earlier, the ABCC has taken a really hard stance against an illegal dispensary. So what is an illegal dispensary? Uh, essentially any dispensary there is. There's no such thing as a legal one. There is one way to obtain legal cannabis right now, 
and that is by going to a medical doctor, getting a prescription, and then ordering your your product from a licensed producer, or LP, as I'll refer to them uh, during this presentation. Uh, but these are the guys like Aurora or Canopy, um, and then getting that product in the mail. So anytime that you are able to procure product in store or don't need a prescription, that is 100% illegal. Um, there's lots of online resources, online dispensaries. All of that is illegal as well. Um, and so that's, that's part of the gray market that I mentioned that uh, we are doing as much as we can to keep out of the legal market. Um, some other misinformation about cannabis is the legalization date. Even this past weekend, I, uh, I got a text from my mom. She was at a party and someone had told her that cannabis legalization had been moved back to 2019. And she was terrified for me because she knows how little money I have. Um, <laughs> That, that is, in fact, not true, uh, the, the legalization date, the money thing, 100% true. But uh, as of right now, the Bill C-45, which is the bill that will legalize cannabis, um, will go before the Canadian Senate no later than June 7th. And this will be for a third reading and vote. Um, it's presumed that it will pass at this time and go to royal assent. From there, uh, there will be sort of a lag period of anywhere from 8 to 12 weeks, meaning the earliest you could see uh, actual legalization and able to go into a store and purchase is August, but this could be as late as September as well. Um, products that will be legal at this time are fresh and dried cannabis flour, um, cannabis oils, seeds and plants, and edibles will not actually be be legal at this time. Uh, the federal government has said that, that edibles will be legal within a year after legalization, but right at the start they will not be. Um, you'll also probably be able to see uh, concentrates in different cannabis products as, as time goes forward. If we look at other jurisdictions, uh, such as Colorado, the edibles and concentrate market make up more than 50% of sales there. So it's very, very big business. The Alberta Cannabis Framework. So this was released uh, this past fall, and then some more rules and regulations about this uh, came uh, earlier this year. So first of all, I'd like to say that the Alberta Cannabis Secretariat and the AGLC have done a really stand-up job with this. They, um, they held several public engagements. They had stakeholder events. Uh, the ABCC was at many of those, and they really listened to what Albertans wanted. So when they set out to do this, their main priorities were around keeping cannabis out of the hands of youth, uh, protecting roads and workplaces, uh, protecting public health, and then also keeping out the black market. And I think they've set themselves up to do all of those things. So really what it comes down to is there's, there's a couple of highlights here that I'll go over. If you do want some more information on this, it's all easily accessible online. So this can be found on the Government of Canada, or Alberta site. Um, but the things everyone needs to know, um, 18 and over is the only people who will be able to buy cannabis. So cannabis possession for use is still illegal, even though cannabis is legal itself. 
Uh, you won't be able to bring anyone who's under 18 into a cannabis retail location. So say you're going to pick up a bottle of wine and you, you bring your kid with you, that will not be allowed in, in cannabis retail. Um, youths who are caught with cannabis could face criminal charges. I think it's if they have more than five gram, grams of cannabis on them that they could potentially get a criminal charge from this. Um, the rules around possession for a legal adult is 30 grams, so you can't have any more than 30 grams of cannabis on you, or you are open to, to uh, uh, a charge as well. Um, driving while under the influence is a big no-no, so this is a danger to yourself, it's a danger to the people around you, and you can get an impaired driving charge for uh, having cannabis in your system while driving. So. That's very important for everyone to, to look into the rules around that. Public consumption uh, will be allowed. So you'll legally be allowed to consume in your own home and in public areas. This could vary uh, depending on the municipality. So the province of Alberta says, yes, it's fine in public areas. Um, anywhere you can't smoke cigarettes, you can't smoke cannabis. And then some other areas that are very high frequency of, of youth coming there, like uh, say a state park or a zoo, you won't be able to smoke there. But individual municipalities will have the power to change this and make it more restrictive. Um, that's what we're seeing in Calgary. It'll likely be a little more restrictive than that. Um, you will be able to grow your own cannabis. So if you are looking to save some money and instead of purchasing from a retail store, you can grow up to four plants in your house. That's four plants per home, not four plants per person in the house. So if you have five kids, you can't grow 20 plants. You gotta stick to the four, um, no way around that. And then you'll be able to purchase at bricks and mortar locations that will be operated by private enterprise or online through the AGLC. So I did wanna to touch on this just uh, quickly. Um, anyone who is interested in growing cannabis and getting in on that side of the business, this is something that is regulated by the federal government and not the provincial government. Right now, uh, there's some huge barriers to entry. Uh, it's all under the ACMPR, which is the Access to Cannabis for Medical Purposes Regulation. And becoming a licensed producer in Canada is very expensive. It's very uh, time intensive, so it takes a tough couple years to get your license approved. Uh, right now, I think they're approving probably one out of every four applications, and it's, it's millions of dollars to get to that point. So it's, uh, it's not an easy industry to get into. As we move forward, though, there will be licenses for microcultivations, which is basically a smaller grow, probably around 2,500 square feet. And this will be a, a more realistic um, side of the business to get into just because there won't be such high regulations around it and it will require a lot less capital to get into that side of things. Getting into cannabis retail in Alberta. So what the rules are for potential retailers uh, in Alberta is being determined by the AGLC, so the Alberta Gaming and Liquor Commission and the uh, province itself. So. The AGLC will be the wholesaler in Alberta. They are going to be the only person, or sorry, only entity that a, a retailer can purchase from. So if you are a cannabis retailer in Alberta, you will get all of your product from the AGLC. 
This goes for event uh, licensed producers who want to vertically integrate. So say Aurora Cannabis, who is one of the, the biggest growers in Canada, wants to sell their own product in a store in Alberta, they would have to sell it to the AGLC and then buy it back from them at the same price that any other retailer would. So this is one of the big efforts that Alberta has made to level the playing field. Um, private retailers will not be allowed to sell their, their product online. This will be completely handled by the AGLC, so the AGLC will have an online store and private retailers will also only be able to sell cannabis between the hours of 10 a.m. and 2 a.m. So this is pretty similar to liquor. Um, one other thing that uh, retailers need before they can sell cannabis is a license from the AGLC. So the AGLC has not, or won't be capping licenses. So this is a pretty, pretty big thing to say. There could essentially be an infinite number of licenses based on that statement. Uh, there won't be, obviously. Uh, the market will sort of take care of that. But what they have said is that they will cap the number of licenses that any one entity can hold. So that number is set at 15%. So that, that's in an attempt to allow smaller entrepreneurs to get into this space. So they've made an estimate that there will be 250 licenses given out within the first year. So that means that any one entity could have a maximum of 37 licenses in that year. Um, in order to get a license, it's, uh, it's a pretty involved process. So <clears throat> essentially the AGLC has released their applications. You can apply for licenses right now. Um, the main things you need to do in order to get an AGLC license is firstly getting a business license with the city. In order to do that, you need to secure a location where cannabis retail use is allowed and there are buffer zones of how close you can be to a school or how close you can be to another cannabis store. Uh, so right now, the biggest barrier to entry for retailers has been on the commercial real estate side. Um, there's a lot of big money in this, this industry right now, and there's a lot of uh, commercial real estate that is getting snatched up. Um, the next thing you need to really worry about in getting your AGLC license is passing background checks. So the AGLC is very concerned with any flow from the illegal market passing through to the legal market. So for a retailer, any owners of that, that business, any investors in that business, any key employees in that business will have to go through background checks and do personal disclosures to the AGLC. Um, this goes for their spouses as well. So say I apply for a license and I was married, I'm not, but uh, my, my wife would have to do a personal disclosure as well and that consists of uh, AGLC due diligence inspector essentially investigating their financial status and any ties to a criminal background. Um, the business has to be incorporated in Alberta and its sole um, mode of business has to be cannabis. So say you have a company right now in Alberta and you make tables. You can't just take this business and start selling cannabis as well. It would need to be an entirely separate business. Um, one, one big thing to, 
to uh, take note of is that every employee who is selling cannabis will need to pass uh, the AGLC Sell Safe Cannabis um, Education Program. So if any of you are familiar with ProServe, uh, this is what the AGLC uses for the liquor industry. Uh, this is the equivalent that a cannabis retail worker would have to work, uh, pass. Uh, at the Alberta Cannabis Collective, we, we see this as the sort of absolute minimum that employer, employers will make their, their staff get. And in order to gain membership with us, you would have to demonstrate that you have put your, your employees through a higher level of education or that they have a higher level of knowledge. And that's just because with cannabis, um, it is something that uh, lots of people have had bad experiences with and they need to be educated on what is right for them. They also need to be educated on the rules and laws around um, using cannabis. This will be available, I think, at the start of May. Um, so if you are interested at getting into uh, the cannabis retail side of things, it's probably a good thing to take a look at that. Um, next, as I mentioned, uh, Lethbridge, to my knowledge, unless it happened very recently, has not, has not proposed any amendments to their current land use bylaw. Uh, so I wanted to, to go over what Calgary has suggested and also what Edmonton has suggested just to give you an idea of what might be coming down the pipe. I know that the Alberta Urban Municipalities Association is also looking at this, so they'll, they'll probably put out recommendations that, that other municipalities can follow. So the biggest thing to, to look at for the city of Calgary, I'm not sure if anyone can... Oh. Yeah, so you can't really see what's, what's up there right now. So essentially in uh, this column here, there's different separation. There's, there's different separation columns in, in, in that side right there. So uh, the big things to note is that in Calgary, they've proposed that the distance between a cannabis store and a stool is 150 meters. So that's a stool um, or a private stool. And then the distance between cannabis stores is 300 meters. So this is a, is a pretty big distance and allows um, one retailer to essentially own a neighborhood. Um, another rule that they did put in place is that it needs to be 30 meters from a liquor store. So uh, this is, there's a lot of criticisms that come up about this, but this is essentially to make sure that if you have a, a little strip mall, that there's not both a cannabis retail store and a liquor store in that strip mall. The city of Edmonton has been a little bit more uh, restrictive on this. So they have said you only need 200 meters between cannabis retail stores, but um, there's 200 meters between cannabis retail stores and schools, as well as libraries. And then there's 100 meters between cannabis stores and parks, liquor stores, rec centers, and provincial healthcare facilities. So this uh, really limits where cannabis, cannabis retail can operate and is, uh, is very restrictive for, for um, people trying to get into this business. These are not laid in stone, and as I said, uh, this isn't necessarily what uh, will be seen in Lethbridge, but this is just an idea of the things that they're, they're really considering. Um, something else that is, is be, being considered heavily is where 
uh, you will be allowed to consume cannabis. So as I said, in Calgary, they're, they're going to be a little more restrictive than uh, the province has, has recommended. Um, I'm not sure what Lethbridge is doing, but that'll be something that affects everyone sort of day to day. And that is all I have for today. So thank you very much for having me. Um, I'd like to thank the Royal Canadian Legion for having us as well. Um, and yeah, I guess question period is actually after this, but yeah, thank you very much.